And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Culture is the culture. It's four to six A to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. Uh, the plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. Welcome back to four to six with A and B, your Ohio State podcast on the Athletic. Bill Landis and Ari Wasserman bonus episode. We're doing two this week. There's enough uh, happening. Don't tell our bosses, but I think we're trying to, you know, strong arm our way into two times a week. Uh, Am I not allowed to say that? Who cares? John, John Hayes, John Hayes, our uh, he's producer. Married. Shout, shout out to John's getting married. <laughs> Love is beautiful, but he's not here. He's not here to keep us in check. So we're doing another one. I wonder if he'll listen to this uh, the night of his wedding. I highly doubt it. Yeah, Maybe we're trying to do it's two pretty, a week. It's pretty good. Yeah. Or uh, what better time to move the two podcasts a week than right after the season gets canceled? Perfect I mean, timing. It is kind of perfect timing because. So much is happening so quickly. I feel like if I go to the bathroom, I'm going to miss something. So, um, Aren't those feelings the worst? I hate that. Yeah. No, there have been times uh, over the 10 years on the Ohio State B where it was very, very tough to live uh, life. But, you know, I, I think we're getting some clarity now and we got to talk to Ryan Day and, and, and that's why we wanted to be here. So I want to gauge I want to gauge where you're at on this because Ryan Day on let's say Thursday we're recording Thursday afternoon. By the way, the college football playoff just put out a press release that says we're moving forward with our plans to have a playoff in 2020. I just read that release and I was like, <laughs> is there information in here that like is like worthy of putting out? I couldn't think of anything. Like, what was the point of that release? I think just to make Ohio State fans specifically feel worse about what's happened to them this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like there's no information in this. Yeah. Hey, only team that's not playing that had a shot at making the playoff. We're still doing it. <laughs> God, I feel Sounds bad like for good, you guys. Yeah. You know, I, I think that it'll be temporary, which I'm sure we'll get into on this uh, this podcast. But, uh, yeah, I, I saw uh, 247 writer. I don't know which one it was, but they're, like, updating the top 25 with no Big Ten or Pac-12 teams. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, like, Texas A&M was number eight now. <laughs> they're still putting out um, – I was listening to the, to the Buckeye Talk boys – uh, earlier today when I was walking my dog and uh, um, Nathan Baird who votes there is uh, said that they're going to put in any people. Sorry, we got a text from Jerry Emig and I got distracted. Jerry Emig, the goat. You no, good? Something. Sorry, I was just reading it. Sorry, I know that's bad podcasting. I'm reading text live on a podcast. It's about a media availability, potentially nothing major. Um, let's talk about what Ryan Day did yesterday and uh mike zimmerman who's uh, editing this podcast if you can just take out that super long pause that'd be great um 
Where are you on the Ryan Day January football plan? Because as you mentioned to me before we started recruiting or recording, yeah, you got recruiting on the mind. What's going on with you today, Bill? Come on, lock I it got up. The, I got the jackets on. I got, you know, there's, I got like four <laughs> screens in front of me. Um, You're usually super smooth. That's why we, we we made an internal decision on this podcast to make Bill the host. To make me the host. Because I'm the one who acts like that usually when I'm hosting. Lock it up, man. Here I am bumbling through a podcast. Ryan Day on Wednesday was very much about pushing January football, winter football. Not so much talking about what has happened this week and how awful everything is. And I am conflicted, I think, on how to sort of absorb all of this because I'm really intrigued by the idea, and we can talk about his plan. I'm really um, intrigued by the idea of trying to do something in the spring in general. I want to embrace it, but I also want to like be realistic with our people, and I don't know what to do because I just very- want to like I want to I just want to speculate wildly and like talk about all the different ways that this could work. But I also don't want to mislead people. Well, I'm happy that you brought that up, Bill, because I'm like I'm like having a internal conflict myself on how to cover this because we were on the call with Ryan Day on uh, it was Wednesday, August 12th, um, as we're recording this on Thursday, August 13th, um, and he was on for about 30 or 45 minutes just talking about everything and the entire call. Like I'm just sitting there on the Zoom, and it was good to see all your faces again. But I'm like thinking that's not true. That's not going to happen. <laughs> There's no way that's going to hold up. Two recruiting, uh, or I mean, not, not recruiting. We keep we both made that same mistake. Two uh, years of eligibility in one calendar year and counting only as one. That's not going to happen. And it's just like he was so pumped up about all the things that he wants to happen. And right now, the Big Ten is moving forward with the thought that they are going to happen. So as reporters and journalists, and know that the people who listen to us and read us want to you know, enjoy the sport that they love, but also want the real stuff. It's like, where do you draw that line? Because I personally don't think that any of that stuff is going to happen. But on the other hand, it's just like, if Ryan Day thinks it, shouldn't we be talking about it like that's the case? Because like, he's the coach. Like our opinion isn't really important right now. Whether or not you and I think that this is actually a viable option, I guess a secondary, you know, the, the, the whole thing is about, reporting what is happening and this is what's happening and like every time somebody asks ryan day a question about are you depressed or what's going on in the building or how was this going to be worked out because right now from a number standpoint recruiting this is a disaster he kept saying well if we play in january it's he just kept going back to january and was speaking very very firmly about the idea of that happening yes and i think what we should be doing is Telling the people and analyzing what their head coach has in his mind right now. This is Ohio State podcast. This is what Ryan Day wants. And I think Doug, uh, like Maurice at the end of the call, said, like, all, all but asked sort of, is Ohio State going to finally throw its weight around in the Big Ten to get to get this done or at least get this conversation rolling? And Ryan Day said, like, I hope so. Like, this is what he wants. Um, and I hope they do throw their weight around because someone has to. I was happy Jeff Brom, the head coach at Purdue, um, Release his plan for a for a spring season to a couple different outlets. We have it up on the athletic too. If you want to go look at it, theathletic.com slash four dash six gets you forty percent off a uh, subscription. His plan starts in January. It ends in May. I'm not in love with that, but I like I don't want to ridicule it at all. Some people were like we're trashing him for it for his plan. It's like at least he put a plan out. Is that what the Big Ten should have been doing? By the way, (laughs) start somewhere. (laughs) Like I think the thing that's kind of fun, Bill. Is that in Brahms' plan? It kind of lined up with what Ryan Day was saying. I think bit, coaches yeah. know that you can't do this unless you play in the winter. 
and um, you know people are getting kind of caught up with spring football, meaning spring months. But if you like actually analyze like an eight game season starting in mid to late January, like could you play two seasons in one year? Is there enough separation? Especially considering the fact that Ohio State has played games into mid January before. Um, and I understand that there's a difference between the ending the season in January and beginning it. Um, but I don't know, maybe if you take, take two different seasons and, um, make them both shorter, but long enough to crown a champion, you can play to. But the thing that I am really the most stuck about, um, about this whole thing is the entire idea of, um, uniformity in the sport. And like, I just think that like, if, the SEC and ACC and Big 12 play without the Big 10 and the Pac-12. That sucks. It's a watered-down product. And then if the Big 10 and Pac-12 and some of the other conferences and teams that have canceled play in the spring or the winter, then how are you going to celebrate an Ohio State championship without Alabama in it, you know, like or without yeah. Clemson in it? And I understand that in the previous, I think you tweeted this or said this to somebody. I don't know. This is your voice, but condescending Bill voice. Well, the previous hundred years, they had to figure out uh, a way to crown the champion and claim champions. And there's the UFC, uh, UCF joke in there somewhere. But that kind of sucks. Like the, the reason why we moved away from that system is because that sucked. And I understand that in a year where nothing is going right, nothing is real or, or tangible because we're still trying to figure out how to navigate the world of coronavirus, you might just have to take what you can get but like I just like feel like I can't really get on board with any plan internally like in terms of excitement or being amped up about it until I know that everybody's on the same page and right now it's like I feel like I'm at the zoo well here's the thing you have to if you truly care about there being college football in this calendar year you have to embrace like weird shit it's just the way it's gonna have to happen whether that's a shorter season split champions like whatever like it's not going to look like how you want it to look it's not going to look like how it's looked since 2014 when we had the playoff and i get that that's not great but that's like the world we're living in so if you don't want that that's fine then just like check out of everything and we'll see you next fall but if you want to see football play this year you have to you don't have any other choice but to embrace i just like think about the way that you and i have covered ohio state football for the past five years together everything is about measuring up ohio state against the best teams and how is Ohio State going to stack up in the postseason is this performance against Maryland yeah um, but that's going to happen like that's going to happen they're not playing in the fall no like I know I think on the last I know but if they play everybody in the spring or in the winter then you can still do that no I know but but I'm saying like I feel like we're we're expressing worry about things that aren't going to happen um and that comes back to the idea of like some teams are going to play in the fall and some teams aren't I think on the last podcast I said, I don't think they're going to play in the fall, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I've talked to some people in the last day where I've like changed my mind on that. I would be shocked if they play. Yeah. Totally well, shocked. I have been, you know, Twitter DMing with some people in high level positions in the SEC coaching positions and stuff. And they, they were saying, follow the rules, uniformity. They're the ones who bailed on the plan. Like, they're the ones who think that they're on the right track here, and the yeah. Big Ten and Pac-12 are messing everything up. So yeah, it's, but they, it's, uh, they think the important thing to consider in that scenario you just laid out is, like, coaches aren't making the decision. No, no, I understand. I understand that. But, yeah, but here's the thing that, like, and that brings us back to the root of the issue that we had right when we started the podcast, Bill, is 
we live in a certain reality right now, and we're going to talk more about Ryan Day and some of the things that he said, you can't do what you just did, right? You can't just say, I don't think that's going to happen. Either you're on board with the way that stuff exists in this moment or you're not. And that's what I'm struggling with. I'm not saying you did anything wrong, but like, I don't think they're going to play in the spring either. Full disclosure. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think when it's all said and done, everybody's going to play again in fall 2021. That's my guess. Gun to my head. That's what I think. But if we're on the call with Ryan Day, we have to discuss what he thinks because what he thinks is more important than what I think. And what he thinks is is that they're going to play their own season without the SEC in the fall. Or excuse me, in the spring or the winter. While the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 potentially play in the fall. So in that scenario, I don't know if just, he thinks that. I don't. I don't know if that's true. He I didn't he say. Thinks, he didn't say that. He said no, they yeah. need to play in the spring if those teams play in the fall. But I don't think he said like we know they're playing in the fall, so we got to play. In the oh fall. no, no, I know. But what I'm saying is, is his press conference was only responses to the current reality, mm-hmm. and that's the current reality. That's all I'm saying. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what Ryan Day actually thinks when he goes to bed at night. I just know that he thinks in order for this to be uniform. Uh, which is an important thing because, like, once if if Ohio State and Alabama play in two different seasons, like there is so many, <laughs> there's a can of worms there, and I think you're working on a story that kind of addresses that a little bit. And yep. we had some discussions about that, and, and people should check out the Athletic on Friday for Bill's story. Um, also, www.theathletic.com forward dash six is a forty percent off deal, and we keep bringing that up because it's cheaper than when you use the deals that they give you. Yeah. Like it's the best deal into the site. And like, I don't know if secret. we're supposed to say that, but like you might get 30% off or like in a promo with 25% off, like our podcast is the best deal. So if you're thinking about signing up to read Bill's awesome story that he hasn't written yet, please use that link for the sake of your own money. Um, but yeah, like I, I just don't know what it's like how I think we need to start before we move forward on this podcast and like come to an agreement, me and you on how we're going to view this. Are we just going to view this through the lens of winter football is going to happen and everybody's going to play at the same time um, and kind of go from there and whether or not that's that's real or do we just kind of you know talk about all the, the craziness that's going on in terms of everybody kind of signing up and, and doing different things? Um, I don't know. I kind of want to embrace the improbable um, and like talk about what a spring could look like and have a little fun with that. This week has sucked, and I think there'll be some time for, like, postmortems. Like, at some point, we're going to talk about the fact that, like, Justin Fields only played here for one year and get into that and, like, what that means and do, like, a retrospective on on him as a player. Um, we'll have to talk about guys who might not play or who might have just played their last game at Ohio State, but I think for the time being, I would like to embrace the fun and the weird and the improbable, if that's okay with you. All right, let's do it. Yeah, and I mean, my favorite thing about sports and being a sports writer – and podcaster is that I get to like scream and word vomit about things that aren't important, but it's fun to talk about. And I think this is the fun of sports. And if we're not going to get a season in the fall, which we're clearly not. And I think all the leaving the big 10 talk and joining the sec and all that stuff was Mm. created, but bullshit from the beginning, it's not going to happen. Why don't we just kind of lean into the thing that might happen? Um, and that they hope will happen. Um, and just kind of, you know, hope for the best because that's the only way we're going to get through the fall. So the Jeff Brom plan that is on the athletic again uh, has a January 16th start date for um, a two-week training camp. And then the games 
don't start until February 27th. And that is, that sounds, and we don't have a detailed plan from Ryan Day, but that sounds fairly different from what Ryan Day seemed to be talking about on Wednesday, which was an eight-game season that starts at the beginning of January. That's how I took it. I don't know if you took it differently, but that's how I took it. So I took that idea and tweeted something out on Wednesday night that was, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 play an eight-game season that starts on January 1 and runs through the last week of February. You play the conference championships, take a week off, and then you play the Rose Bowl on the day before Selection Sunday, which is March 13th. And then what? And then you smoke a cig. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that like the framework in general could work. I also think that eight-game regular season is enough to come to a conclusion on a playoff. Mm-hmm. And crown a national champion if they play a playoff after. And I think it would be freaking awesome if they did it twice in one calendar year. Before we get back to the show, let's take a quick minute to hear about Indochino. I also think that I, I ran this by a, a, a former player, and I won't use his name because I told him we were off the record. I don't think he'd really care. But um, I said, in theory, is an eight-game season that starts in January short enough that you could play a full fall season the following spring? And he said probably. He had he had issues with like that many games still in a calendar year for guys who aren't paid, and like I totally get that because the NFL plays about that many games in a calendar year, but they get paid. They have a players' union. But I think, and this was a Ryan Day's idea too. If if you start that early and only play eight games, and shit, you can even play a playoff. You're talking. What's that? Third, That'd or, be uh, 10 games or 11. 10 game, well, 11 if games total. 11 games total yeah. if you get the national title game. Play 11 games and you're done by late March, I think, at the latest. Is that enough time to have a fall season? And like, I, don't, I won't pretend to know the, the true medical impact of football on someone's body, but to me, that sounds like maybe it could work. I don't know. Does that sound nuts to you? Well, here's the thing that is always stuck in my head. And, like, Urban Meyer is, like, a spaceship that, like, downloaded all my football knowledge into my brain. And whenever he speaks, like, I, like, set up, like, the Manchurian candidate um, just because, like, I, I trust a lot of the things that he thinks because he's been so uh, good at this. And every single time Urban Meyer has been asked or been prompted to discuss two seasons in one, he immediately goes, no freaking way. And I understand that maybe he is thinking that because he's thinking of actual spring, March, um, May, April games but I don't know and like Joshua Perry who by the way is a really good analyst he's great and um, he was talking on the Big Ten Network this week and and giving some perspective and it's been really awesome to see him kind of find that niche because like he he is really good Um, but he said that people have to understand too that like lifting and working out is different in the spring than it is in the fall And I thought that was like a really good point that like even I wouldn't have thought of. Like in the spring, you beat the crap out of each other. You lift heavy. You break down your bodies. You recover. You really, you know, you can drain yourself. And like that's how um, people like build their bodies and are able to go and get ready. Like spring football isn't the time where people are saying, well, they play spring. So why can't they play in the fall right now? Spring is like the early workout period to prepare for the fall. They don't lift like that and hit each other like that in the way that they are in the spring and the fall as they're preparing for football games. So 
if you take away spring football, which has been done, and you replace it with a season, then I presume that Ohio State and teams like Ohio State will prepare for those fall winter, I mean, those winter spring games the way that they do in the regular fall when things are unaffected. And if you do that and play twice, then I don't know if these kids and these players have had the proper uh, weightlifting regimen hitting regimen, all the practices that are really crucial in the spring, which is why we always talk about early enrollees and how important it is for them to participate in that. And I think that that makes it more of a safety issue because then you would go an entire calendar year without lifting and being guided by the strength coaches in the way that you are in the spring. And like that is a huge detail. It's not just about mileage on your body and how many hits you've taken. It's about breaking down the muscles and building the muscle and going through these things and the hitting drills and everything that they do in practice in order to be able to play. And if you take that away, maybe it wouldn't impact veterans. But like when you start like opening up the can of worms of will freshmen be able to play if they play in January? Absolutely not if they play in January. I don't, I don't care if Chase Young comes back in as a freshman. There's no freshman who's going to be enrolling in December or early January and playing a game two weeks later. Um, so that's out. And, you know, it's just like a really hard thing to kind of wrap your mind around. So could they physically handle it? I think kids are resilient. I think they absolutely could. But... There's a perspective from a coach like Urban Meyer or a former player like Joshua Perry where, you know, me being somebody who sits in the press box and eats hot dogs really doesn't know what it, what, what you what you put your body through. And I think that's like in a world where we're discussing changing the entire calendar of the year because of player safety, I think we have to be damn sure that that is a reasonable thing to do before we set up an entire season around it. And like I asked Ryan Day on the call yesterday if he thinks it is. And he said with shortened seasons that start in January that he believes it's something that's doable. And I trust Ryan Day's judgment on that. But like thinking about it two days ago when when Urban Meyer said no chance, like literally no chance on Big Ten Network, I was like, yeah, I mean, isn't that been the argument against it this whole time? It has, but um, and it's not I'm not disagreeing with Urban. But we also know how Urban answers things and like processes things and takes things in. And he just like says the first thing that pops into his head because he was on later and says like, you got to embrace spring now because it's the only choice you have. So if Urban Meyer were coaching right now, he'd be anti spring right up until the point where he had no choice, Um, which is where Ryan Day is. I think I don't think like Ryan, Ryan Day was never talking about let's do the spring or we can do the spring until he had to start talking about that. And Gene Smith was the same way. Um, I think I think it's doable. Um, I do think that the person that I talked to wasn't a fan of the spring for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons too was that it's inevitable that it impacts the fall, the following fall. So it's like, if you're asking yourself, do you want to play in the spring? You're, you're asking yourself, like, do you want to have two college football seasons that some people might not view as legitimate because you're playing fewer games yeah. or do you don't want to just punt on the spring and get back to a full normally realized fall in 2021 and like I get that sentiment but I also think that you can play an eight game season like you said and get enough data to determine who are the best teams and play the playoff I fully believe that all every conference is going to be looking at playing in the spring if it happens um, and if you play an eight game season in the spring and crown a champion and you play a 10 game season in the fall that starts in October and crown a champion like in my mind that's legitimate yeah. Yeah. I uh, I like the idea of would you rather have two watered down seasons or one good one? I like I love that. I think like if they were both considered to be watered down, I would take the one good one. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that removing all the games that have 41 point spreads off the schedule waters down the season. Like, yeah, I, that's, I, that's I, a good point. That's what you're talking about. Like, what are you really talking about? You're just talking about removing the buy games. That's all it is. Yeah, you're t- like the you're well. 
You're and some major non-conference some, some major games. non-conference games, yes, yeah, true, but mostly by games. Um, but the thing about the eight-game schedule that I think would be so crazy and fun, and part of the reason why I like it is, Bill, if you think about like regular college football, and I know that like maybe the schedules will be different and it wouldn't be quite the same path, but like when teams are through week eight in the regular seasons. There's like nine teams that could have a, a, a chance to be in the playoff. Yeah. So like it's like that's the thing. Like Minnesota would have been in the playoff after late like week eight last year, maybe. And yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen because Minnesota might have to play Ohio State earlier or play a non-conference schedule that or get, doesn't have the non-conference schedule, so they don't get to get to that point. But like if you only play eight games, there's a chance that teams might all. It might be a harder way to whittle down to four so like i don't know if you'd have to like make a different type of postseason that like was an expanded playoff that and i know we're kind of going down the the rabbit hole here but like maybe do the eight team or the 16 team playoff because who cares if it if it adds two more weeks to the thing like it's only going to impact the and i and i just feel like what if they had a college football playoff like bracket that was going on um after or during or right before the ncaa tournament like and, and that's like if everything still goes according to plan, but yeah, like that right, would be right. that would be amazing. <laughs> like teams like Minnesota, who beat Auburn in um, a bowl game last year and like straight up beat them, might not win the national championship, but I sure as hell would love to watch Alabama play them as the one seed in, in the in the eight seed, right? And I just like want to know like how many teams you think would be undefeated at the end of that season because I think there might be six or seven teams who haven't lost if they only play eight games. Yeah. Um, Especially in the ACC, maybe, if you if you miss Clemson. Yeah, like, you're like just North playing, Carolina could go undefeated if they don't play Clemson. If they and don't play Clemson, yeah. I mean, you could, you could in, in, in theory, have two teams in each conference that don't have a loss, yeah. When it's time to pick uh, – well, I guess when it's time to go to, to the conference championship games anyway. Um, and then you'd whittle it down from there. Yeah, and then Dan Wetzel's major plan has always been use conference championships as the first round of the playoff anyway. So that's like always been like instead of playing rehashed games that you might have already seen earlier on in the year, play brand new games that actually determine the playoff that weekend. Like I think that like if you got super creative with it, there was enough time to play football to crown the best teams, and then there's another and then there's um, enough time to like try new things and make this like embrace the weird. You said that right on this podcast, embrace the weird, and and like actually do something that would be great. And, like, I don't know if they started in January, and I don't even know if you want to go down this road, but if players like Sean Wade or Justin Fields would even play, maybe they would if they played in January, especially because Ian Rappaport said that the NFL draft and the NFL was ready to play ball with the college system in order to make that work. So, like, I know that, like, everybody wants to play in the fall and everything, but, like, I could get behind the excitement or the idea of everybody getting on the – we just got to get on the same freaking page, man. Yes. Like, like I, until the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 do what I think is inevitable, but, like, I could get behind starting in January, fall camps happening, like, during winter break after Christmas, getting going in January, playing in indoor domes um, and doing all those things and, like, having one season, then all the good players and all the upperclassmen are done, and then you have a summer, and then you go into the following year with C.J. Stroud as your quarterback, and that is a <laughs> year of football – who wouldn't want that? That would be amazing. We've got, we've gotten through such a shitty year. Like why? Like what's another few months, right? Like like yeah. let's just wait a few months. You know, have some Thanksgiving, watch the Cowboys, and then you know gain a few pounds. 
<laughs> smoke a few cigs and then get ready for the coolest freaking year of sports ever. Like how, how talk about coming out of Corona, like flying high, right? Like, and I don't know. And don't like comment on this podcast. Corona is going to be the same as it is in January. Who gives a shit? Like we're not doctors. We're just playing fantasy land right now. Yeah. If they played college basketball that started, you had the, uh, you, you would have NBA again next year because they would have to start on time again. You'd have Major League Baseball again next year. You'd have two college football seasons, another NFL season, and the NCAA tournament yeah. in like one 12-month span. That is a reward. Like if everybody would just wear a freaking mask <laughs> and that's what we get. Like if they put that on the table and said that's what we get, would we just be done with Corona in three months? Like everybody could get behind that, right? I don't know. You, you were Apparently college football wasn't, wasn't enough of a motivator. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> let's not go down that road. Yeah, let's um, not. What was I just going to ask you? The part of Ryan Day's pitch for the January season was that what well, you said the NFL might play ball and push their stuff back a little bit too, and then someone like Justin Fields could theoretically play. And might. According Maybe. to you? If, if he they, can if, here's here's what yeah, here's what I've said all along. If he can win a national championship, I think he plays. So if everyone's playing in January and there's a national championship to be won on the line, I think there's a chance Justin Fields plays and Trevor Lawrence, all those guys. Maybe not all of them. I also think, too, like, and this is like way off the reservation, but like, if there's ever been a podcast where I just want to drop a hard F, like, this is the one. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm like amped. I don't know why. I've heard Joe Varden drop a hard F on a podcast. Yeah, like, I I might just do it. Like, (laughs) what if, like, the NFL, and I don't know if they would ever do this, but I'm going to, okay, I'm winding myself up because I'm going to do it. Ready? (laughs) Is that okay, Bill? Can I do it? Yeah, I guess we just got to let Mike know. Yeah. If it's going to cause extra editing for him, then I'm probably not going to do it. <laughs> but, like, this is for emphasis here. You ready? If the NFL dropped all of the extra ancillary bullshit and, like, told the players like Justin Fields and Sean Wade, fuck the combine. <laughs> Who gives a shit about participating in all this other stuff that costs money and training and moving to Fort Lauderdale and seeing how high you can jump? Play this season. Everybody in the NFL draft will draft the players that have had the best film in the, you know what I mean? It was all film. And then you can do it the same way that the college teams have to recruit players right now because there were no camps. And then you get those guys on the field in the winter playing indoor games and they know that they're, this is their combine. You tell Justin Fields you want to get drafted ahead of Trevor Lawrence and vice versa, then go show it on the field. This is about film. This is about analyzing your tape. This is about how good of a leader you were. This is about showing that coronavirus and all the stuff, you know, you still want to participate in your team and still wanted to win a trophy. I say they have a Heisman Trophy to win, a national championship, and then at the end of April, whenever there's a national championship, they could have the NFL draft two weeks after it. And, like, use the actual season, considering the fact the NFL draft is usually in April. Use the winter season as your daily, uh, instead of all these NFL scouts driving all over and watching indoor practices and uh, combines and stupid pro days and stuff where they do the cone drill. Use the spring and winter season as the tape that causes us to not only completely invest in in that season in the beginning, but then also makes it relevant for us as NFL fans and what our favorite NFL teams are going to do. I think that would be the most fun thing ever. It would be a lot of fun. Should I be a wet blanket or should I not? I mean, I, I thought we were like in the trust tree right now. Like, are we not we're in the, the tree trust of tree. the trust? Okay, I'm, I won't like, do it. I mean, I don't need you to I tell me that that's unreasonable. We're, we're in fantasy no, no, land it's right not, now. It's not, it's not even about the workout part of it. Like the, 
the thing about the combine is not the workouts or the interviews. It's the medicals. Like they get all these guys in one place to examine them. And that, like, yeah, I guess you can still do that. You can still have a, you can still have a medical day, right? Yeah. Nobody um, has to run a 40, no bench press time, no risking un because somebody gets injured there every year, no matter what. The combine no is stupid. Like I love the combine and I think it's the dumbest thing on the planet, but then, it, it serves a purpose for the medicals. Yeah. I mean, I just like don't think that we need to uh, have a 40 time to tell who's really fast. Like I think through the analyzing tape, I think teams for the most part probably know who they want and what they need before that. And I understand that they want to do like physicals and make sure that people are hundred percent. And I understand too, that NFL contracts are um, a huge financial investment for these, for these um, franchises. And I'm not trying to downplay like the research and like the care that needs to go into making a first round draft pick. But I do think that like watching Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence play in different conferences in the winter as a head-to-head duel for who is the best champion, I mean quarterback and, and potential first round number one overall pick um, would just be an incredible way to salvage what has been a complete disaster. And like, do again, you force uh, do you force the NFL team with the number one pick to just like they're 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 not com- competing to be scouted like whoever wins becomes the number one quarterback. Like you win the championship trophy and you're the number one pick. The team has to take you if you win. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I want to know too is like are the college football playoff semifinals the day of the Super Bowl? No, cuz Super Bowl Super would Bowl's be Super Bowl's at the end of February, isn't it? No, it's like it's like second week of February or uh, first okay, week of February. So I was just trying to like really double down here on all the craziness that we could do. No, you just make that I think uh Maybe you make that a bye week for college football. Or no, you just play play college football on Saturday and then the next day yeah. the Super Bowl. Yes, I mean. Yeah, up. rivalry week, you know, design schedules around like the three biggest rivalries in the game and make those be the pregame to the Super Bowl. You could put one on Sunday during the day too that like leads into the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. God, we're then, making so much TV money right now. <laughs> I know. Hey, I need a menthol. Um, <laughs> you know, and like this, I think the point that we're trying to make here, Bill, so that people are listening and is that like if Ohio, if – this is embraced and everybody gets on the same page. There's potential for greatness. And I think that that's, if we want to like come back down in the reality now and like just discuss Ryan day's viewpoints on things, because Ryan day wants to be all in. He wants answers for his players that have decisions to make. I know that you've talked to people um, behind the scenes at Ohio state who might potentially be making decisions. And like, that was like his big thing. We need concrete plans that we can navigate so that like, we can actually have something to look forward to and know what's going to happen. Um, yep. You know, and like, that's what reality is right now. What we just created was fun, but I think now like, let's dive into like what Ryan Day's head's at. Well, yeah, you just, you want, you want a plan. Like you want, they just came out of a week where the planning like could not have been worse. It was, it was Kevin Warren on down. It was the worst handled thing I've seen in a long time. Uh, it was embarrassing, frankly, I think for the big 10 and the op and like they're, the PR hit the Big Ten's taking right now is unbelievable. And and I think, like we've said, it'll all even out. But I don't think the Big Ten has done irreparable damage because they will all eventually be on the same plane. But for the time being, like the SEC and ACC and Big 12 can just keep pounding their chest because the Big Ten like totally botched this process. And they can't botch it again for a lot of reasons. And I think number one on that list is because the players deserve a clear path forward. I wonder if... Uh and I think everybody who's hating on the Big Ten right now, like, they also could end up being 
the like everybody's like saying this and i don't know if this is like a separate tangent so you tell me i agree with everything you just said for the record i think that it was kind of crazy how they how the cancellation or the postponement it's cancellation um was given out once certain programs were still on the practice field and stuff and there was no plan afterwards i understand that but like everybody's like the big 10 is screwed ohio state's gonna be set back for five years because of all this and it's just like the Big Ten coaches are going to eventually sell. We were the visionaries that knew that uh, safety was the most important thing. Uh, we recognized it first, and like we wanted to know that like we prioritize our athletes before football. Yep. And like everything right now is like the Big Ten's stupid, and they canceled it when they didn't have to. Well, when everybody gets back on the same page, the Big Ten's actually probably going to look better for it. Um, that doesn't mean that the way that they handled it in the moment was good, but I don't buy any of that crap about. Ohio State is behind the eight ball now moving forward in the world of recruiting. And I think you're kind of working on a story about that too, right? Yes, but the story that you alluded to that I'm going to write for Friday is I, I just think there's some maintenance that needs to be done for Ohio State. I don't I don't think it's a dire situation, but like I've talked to some recruits and it'll be in the story. Like one the one one of the kids I talked to who's committed to Ohio State said he was getting texts that said, and he's a twenty twenty two kid, that said, You're too talented for this. They can't waste your year. You can't afford to take a day off, which is like total bullshit because a kid in class 2022 is not affected by this in any way whatsoever but like that's the world we're living in at the moment programs in the south who are ohio state's main competitors in recruiting because no one in the big 10 is have something they can levy against ohio state that's not legitimate it's not real it's fake but it's not going to stop them from using it we know we we um finally got out into the open that i'm going to be doing a new role here at the athletic and writing a lot about recruiting and i just thought i have to say it in, on this podcast so if people missed it then there it is but recruits and their families aren't stupid yeah and like coaches and negative recruiting and all the stuff that we have talked about all the time when jordan hancock flipped and clemson fans were saying ohio state is a negative recruiting team and whatever it's all stupid like if you lie to a kid or say something that makes no sense they're a lot smarter than now than they were um, you know, 10 years ago because they have um, people uh, in their corners who have gone through it. This process isn't as new as it used to be. There's more information online. Like, I don't think it's really easy to mislead a kid. And if you do, you're not going to get them. So whoever, I don't want to blow the 2022 prospect um, for the I mean, audience. It's Tigger Tishable. It's fine. Yeah. Well, he's smart enough to know that that's bullshit. And like, yeah, he's, and he's, he's, about he said it? as much. He said as much. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's yeah. like, they sent me this message. Is like, and he's like, I don't, I don't know. He's like, it hasn't been overwhelming. They sent that. He didn't say what school it was. Um, but I think the way he's he not said going it, like, to that school though. Yeah. And plus he's an Ohio kid. So he maybe that makes him a bad example, but I talked to somebody else too. who's not from Ohio. who will also be in the story. And he basically said like, if somebody tried to say that to me, I would think they were crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if you think that like, you're afraid that all of a sudden, like, middle of the tier SEC teams uh, are going to say Ohio State doesn't take football seriously. You're a 2022 kid. You won't get waste a year. Like, they're not going to get them. Like, it's not the way it works. So I just wanted to interrupt you and say that because it's like I see all this outrage and nervousness. And, like, I don't know why and where this is all coming from, Bill. I don't, like, as an Ohio State fan, how you could ever think that, like, this decision is going to reflect poorly on the university that turns out NFL talent like it's a conveyor belt. Like, that's the most well, important it happens a lot. It's actually, I'm going to make a uh, parallel that might be flimsy, but 
the last like six months, like sports writers have been getting a lot of shit for like people saying that we want college football to get canceled. Like we're rooting for this and we're going to be happy when it happens. And I think the reason that some people feel that way is because at any time something happened, it was extrapolated out to the worst possible outcome. And I think that's what's happening here with this. Like this is bad. Like this is shitty for Ohio state. It sucks. And you can pretty quickly get to a scenario where it's really bad for Ohio state long-term. I don't think it's going to be, but the inclination nowadays seems to be to take a morsel of information, extrapolate it out to the worst possible result, and then tweet about it. <laughs> yeah, I think that the <laughs> sports writer thing, like, you and I like kind of have different views on this, and maybe that's why everybody thinks I'm an asshole and thinks that you're a sweetheart, um, even though you're kind of an instigator uh, behind the scenes a little bit, right? But like, I think the sports writers who are, extra- I'm not saying that you are wrong about that. I think the sports writers who are extrapolating to the worst possible scenario were doing so within the realm of reality. And this is like, like what they were tweeting about in January. I mean, sorry, not January and like May and June before this happened is now happened because that was within the realm of reality. I think Ohio State being behind the eight ball and unable to recruit at the highest level anymore for the next four years as a result of this singular decision is not possible. I think just because something is realistic or even probable, you don't need to traffic in the negativity of it in the moment. You're not advancing anything. You're projecting a little bit, but while you're projecting, you're just making everybody feel like shit. And I don't think you need to do that. If you're adding information, by all means, add information. If you're just chiming in because you feel like you need to chime in and what you're chiming in with is like, look at this, look how bad this could be. That's why people start to feel some certain type of way. Yeah. Well, I also think, too, that those people who are doing that were also trying to use it as a tool to say, let's get this under control. You know, and this is a completely different scenario and it's not a sports writer's place. And and maybe even I was guilty of it, too, of of saying wear a mask and, and all the things that I was saying. Um it's not our place, I guess, to give an opinion about how we can curtail a, a pandemic. But um, yeah, it's been a tough, tough few months. And, you know, now this is kind of why we're trying to lighten it up right now. Um, the Yeah, sorry for that tangent. Uh, the, the recruiting piece that Ryan Day was talking about, I, I wanted to float this to you about the possibility for early enrolled 2021 guys to play in a theoretical January season. If everyone's on, I think that's a non-starter if teams are playing in the fall and some teams are playing in the winter, but if everyone's on the same level, do you think something like your early enrolled guys can play a minimal or maximum of two games or three games and not lose their eligibility? Basically, like make it like a version of the red shirt rule. Like those guys are on campus. And early enrollees use it as kind of like their spring. Yeah. Like they're not going to have spring ball, but they're here and they can practice you have two games to play those guys and that's it. Yeah. And then you can bank the really good ones for later in the season if you need them. And like, they'll be more ready to play. Or or even like if you, you can play them too and not sacrifice your eligibility. If you think they're good enough to play the entire season, you can play them, but then that's their freshman year. Right. But like also it gives you an opportunity too if you're a team that um, doesn't absolutely need the influx of talent against some of your schedule like Ohio State for instance if they had the same schedule that they drew up in the fall and the spring they wouldn't need anybody <laughs> to get right. through the first four or five games and then all of a sudden like you get a guy like Trevion Henderson or um, Evan Pryor who during this podcast the news broke that he's going to enroll early and not play his senior season like you might get some guys in there now where um, you have some extra running back depth in a room that was kind of a concern and I just think like 
There's no way that a prospect is going... When do an early enrollees usually enroll? They enroll in January, don't they? January. Very beginning of January, yeah. So if they enroll, let's just say January 6th or whatever the date is, they're not playing a game on January 20th. Like, it, it can't happen. Like, it's physically impossible. Like, do you think there's any recruit that... Do you think... Yeah, in a year in a in a world where they're not playing high school football, yes. If they were coming fresh off a of high school season, like right into college and then asked to play again, I would say hundred percent no. But a lot of these guys aren't playing high school football. I know, but it's about the physicality and the weightlifting and, and getting but they're gonna be your body into it's shape. The same thing. Like it's like, No, I know, but not at Ohio State. You know how I understand, much of a difference I understand that it is. it's an elevated it's an elevated yes, absolutely. It's an elevated form of football in many, many ways. And for the average player, no, probably not. But I think like Trevion Henderson could show up at Ohio State tomorrow and play college football. Yeah. I think Jack Sawyer could too. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't know if adjustment to college, living in a new place, moving from states, being away from your parents for the first time, learning an entirely new playbook, being physically able to play, and, and kicking a handoff against Wisconsin in week two in January 25th is an impossible scenario. Like, yeah, I don't, there's I don't no, agree with I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. And and I think, and like, we're, maybe you can get creative with that where guys get on campus, like basically right when your season starts and then sometime around the midway point, it's like expanded rosters in baseball in September. And it's like, now these guys can play, they can play two games and retain their eligibility. They can play the rest of the year, but like, that's, I guess it wouldn't be fair if you say they played the rest of the year as a freshman year. But if you just set it at, they can't play the first five games of the year or something like that because of that acclimatization period, and then they can play after that. So then in, in that scenario, too, you're expanding the scholarship numbers? You have to, yeah. That's happening anyway, because they're going to have guys coming in and seniors who are still sticking around who thought weren't going to be here. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of like giving them a month of football and saying starting on X date in February, these guys can play. Or coming up with a three-game rule out of the eight where if they play three games or less, then it's the it's a red – they have to use their red shirt, but it's a red shirt year. And then they can be a red shirt freshman the following season or something like that. I think that they could come up with a plan. And, like, the cool thing about it, Bill, is that it is August 13th today, which gives them almost five months to come up with all these cool little things that we're discussing. Well, they had five months to come up with a plan <laughs> up until this point, and I don't know what the hell they were doing. I, I don't know either. I, well, I, the thing, too, is that they can't start until – everybody's on the same page and like what's your guess for how long it's going to take for the sec big 12 and acc to fall in line or do you think they're going to play games i was just talking with somebody about this because i said i said like i don't think they're going to put on pads and then they came back to me with like well florida state's supposed to scrimmage on saturday and that's true like they announced that they're going to scrimmage on saturday now that might not happen um i think I don't know. I, I still kind of think they're not going to end up putting on pads. I think between now and Saturday, Florida State might get told to hold off on that scrimmage. Um, well, and then hell's maybe, breaking loose at Florida State today too, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't, I'm not I, – I saw a little bit of that. I don't know exactly what's going on there. Um, but some of the players were talking about, I think, like feeling like they were misled about some of the, the health issues going on with some of their teammates. But then um, who's the coach there, the guy from Memphis? Norvell. Mark Norvell said like – this is overblown and he was disappointed that it happened, whatever. Um, my anticipation is that maybe the SEC and the ACC and the big 12 teams don't pad up and hit, but maybe do like helmets for like another week or so. And then we start seeing a new cycle similar to what we just saw with the big 10 happen for those leagues. Yeah. 
<sighs> so do you want to like discuss just like how Ryan Day was and like some of the stuff that he said? Like, I'm sure you have this outline, but like. I don't actually. So why? hit me with it. I didn't make oh. an outline. Oh, I thought you said you don't want to talk about it. No, no, no. It. I didn't make I an outline. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Let's just talk about the idea of him. The first thing that just has blown me away for the past 24 hours, I can't stop thinking about it, is that he said recruits were the excited about the idea of potentially playing in January and playing a two for one. Can we just talk about that? Like, just so people. Well, that's what we were just about. talking about. That was the plan we were just. No, discussing. no, I know, but like right now, why he said it? He thinks that they can play two seasons in one year and it not count and only count for one calendar year of eligibility. And like yeah. we were talking about redshirting, I think he thinks that like it's one, it's one freshman year. No, that's what I was talking about too. You play, you 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 set. They can't play for a month, and then they start playing in February, and they play whatever the latter half of the year. Maybe you say they can't play in the postseason, but you give them some kind of taste of playing college football for three or four weeks, and that does not count. That doesn't start their clock. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. So in I mean, fall twenty twenty one, they're still true freshmen. And the other thing too, I wanted to discuss is: Do you think and I know that you alluded to this, but do you think that like the way he was on the call was deliberate, discussed um, beforehand with um, the president and Gene Smith and kind of like agreed upon like this is how you're going to act and this is what you're going to do? Like, do you think that Ohio State was muscling? You mean in terms of like doing your fists on the table and saying, and the, and the no, no, no. I, do you think that they were all aligned with how he was going to behave on that call before he got on it. Oh, like, you're asking me if he went rogue? He, no, no. I, I mean, like, do you or think Rouge? that, like, this is... Yeah, I saw Doug tweet that in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> uh, do you think that this is Ohio State's time now to accept the inevitable, which was no fall season, but in a world where all their fans were hoping that Ohio State would flex their muscles and... and, and show that they are the flagship program of this conference um, are now using the press conference that we had with Ryan Day on Zoom on Tuesday, or I mean Wednesday, as a way for Ohio State to say, we need to get this shit going. Like, do you think that like, because like every question that we asked, it came back to January and it almost felt like the entire purpose of the call was for him to say we're playing in January. I I do think that it's, it's hard to get a gauge of because like we need to talk to Gene and see what he's like. Because Ryan Day has very strong opinions, clearly, and they have coaches calls and, and for that athletic directors. And I'm, I wholly believe that Ryan Day is making his opinions known in the same tone that he used with us on Wednesday. But ultimately, it's not his decision. Um, and Gene, I think, and the ADs carry more sway in that conversation. So I, I, I think I want to talk to Gene before I definitely say, like, yes, Ohio State's finally going to start throwing its weight around. But I'm inclined to believe that they are. I think they're pissed off about how this went. And I don't like Ryan Day is probably upset that Ohio State didn't try to do more. I I really don't know how much Ohio State could have done to be honest. It's like I get I get you wanting them to do that as a fan, hundred percent. But it's not like an easy thing. Like Ohio State can threaten to leave the Big Ten, I guess. But like, are they really going to leave? They're going to like risk their profitable conference. conference in the country, and it's like it's about more than football, like research dollars and all that stuff, like. If you sat down and really think th- thought about it, it's kind of a ludicrous proposition. Especially um, considering the fact that you could remove yourself from the Big Ten. There, there's no guarantee the other ones are playing, guys. Like right. I think that why like, would you Ohio burn that State, bridge for nothing that was certain? Like what do do Ohio State fans just think like they're gonna watch Alabama LSU like with a full stadium in November and like everything's gonna be normal down there? 
I like, think some people do, and I like I, I get why you would feel that way because you're because you're angry. Um, it goes back to what I said earlier about extrapolating out to the worst possible result. I just don't think that's going to happen. And feel free to throw like I I did a live Q and A on, on Thursday where I just kept saying like it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. And we've done that here too. So if it happens, we were wrong. Sorry, and you can throw it back in our face. Um, I think more so because of the virus, though, Bill is uniformity. I don't think that they can exist in the sport without it. Yeah, no, I agree. That's part of the motivation too. And and the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 know that. And like what's going to happen? Is Alabama going to be all in and Nick Saban is going to um, be all in preparing for the LSU game in November and then Ohio State's got free reign to recruit? <laughs> People see like what's going on here. Like it's, it's another point like – if Ohio State's not preparing for a football game, then are they just going to be on the phones with the unlimited phone time with all the yeah. high school prospects that haven't while Nick Saban's in practice? You know what's going right. to happen? You and Nick Saban, re- <laughs> the world's going to explode. Yeah. They're yeah. going to go play football, and there's going to be uneven recruiting availability. There's no yeah. – there's no, it'll all even out. Yeah. yeah. It's like almost Ohio State, sit out the season and then just get a, the best class in the history of the planet because you put in more time while Alabama was preparing for uh, Auburn, and then you know maybe you'll get two championships in the next five years because this class was so good. Like because you're I, recruiting forty hours a week. Yeah, yeah I, I like if Ryan Day is like on the phone just FaceTiming prospects while watching Family Guy. Like I don't know like what to do. Uh, <laughs> like when you start like coming up with all these things, it's just like there's too many things. What do you so what do you think about Ohio State throwing its weight around finally in this in this January football conversation? I know that Ohio State is the most powerful football program in the Big Ten and the most powerful brand. I also just don't get fired up about that stuff. Like, when it comes to fans like, yeah, Ohio State needs to speak up and assert itself as the program and call their bluff and leave the Big Ten. It's just like, dude, that's not how it works. Like, this is like a... Until it works in the Big 12. (laughs) I don't know. I I just like Ohio State's been in this conference for... um, a hundred years and or however long it's been. And, you know, it's been a very lucrative deal for them financially. Um, They are beneficiaries of being in the big 10. And like, I don't necessarily find myself in a position of feeling better about the fact there's no football by trying to tell myself that my, my team fought the most. Like I keep reading and seeing these quotes and hearing day. It's like, we, we wanted to make sure that we fought the hardest. It's just like fought for what they're probably not going to even play. Like, no, like, but it's not, it's not, you have, you have to say the right things. You have to show your players, number one, your recruits, maybe even more importantly, that you like, you didn't give up, like you were, you were not okay with giving up football for the year. Ryan yeah, Day can't yeah. come out there or tow the company line. It's like, yeah, we, the science told us like whatever Gene said, we was on BTN and people got pissed off. Gene saying it's one thing. Ryan Day saying it's totally other thing when Ryan Day has got to go into living rooms and people wonder how much he cares about football. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I I understand that a lot of the uh, Zoom calls and interviews and things that you're seeing is posturing. I think that's probably part of the reason why Brom uh, released a schedule or an idea of how a schedule could work. I mean, like I would argue that Purdue has been more impactful in like having that discussion started than Ohio State's been. And yeah. like, I, I'm and not sure. Uh, can, can I put my tinfoil hat on real quick? Yeah. If you're... Uh if you're Purdue, I think you're pretty jazzed up about the idea that maybe Ohio State takes a recruiting hit with what's going on right now, and then you can line up and play in the spring, and Ohio State's not as good as they should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take, <laughs> take the tinfoil hat off. Um, 
Ohio State might not be as good as they should should have been in this in the winter because the players might not play. But um, I just like I, the idea of puffing chests after worst thing that happens to sport in a hundred years happens does not like. It might feel good for like a fan to say Ohio State is powerful. It doesn't really do anything for me. I, I think that like what Ohio State wants is important. So the Big Ten, I'm sure Kevin Warren is going to have to like look at what Ohio State is saying and what Ryan Day and Gene Smith say and try to fall in line with like what this program wants. But like if the spring works, it's not going to be because Ryan Day like said something on a Zoom call uh, a day after it happened, you know. And maybe I'm, yeah. am I being a wet blanket? No, I think I think the there's the the best thing is like somewhere in the middle of what you're talking about. And I think what fans really want, like you don't have to, you don't have to throw your weight around in a way so as to be unreasonable, like threatening to leave the league. Um, Cause Nebraska was acting unreasonable and this is what Nebraska happened. was acting unreasonable. Like if you're an Ohio state fan, like I think Nebraska looks a little ridiculous. I, I get I the motivation. I get the motivation and why they did it. Um, like, why, why, why? I still don't get why they behave that way. Because they were angry. No, I understand that. But, like, these people knew what this how this was going to end. Everybody knew, like, right. they released a statement today. If you missed it, Nebraska was like, we're a proud member of the Big Ten and we're happy to be in the conference. It's like, yeah, no shit, this is the way this ended. Like, it's like, what was the point of that? Like, to make Nebraska fans feel good? Like, yeah. does, it make, does Nebraska feel better now? Um, I don't know. I mean, they're probably disappointed now with what happened today. But for the last two days, I think they felt pretty good about what the program was doing. And, like, I get that, too. But I think I think Ohio State played this better by voicing its concerns and its disappointment the way it did without going the extra step that Nebraska went. I also think that, that Ohio State has done the better job too of knowing where to channel their energy. Because mm-hmm. like Gene Smith in the statements and Ryan Day, everybody expressed disappointment that the season canceled, but there was no irrational behavior about the season. Because I think once that was it, the ship sailed. Like I, I don't see how anything could have happened. But Ryan Day got almost emotional on that call on Wednesday thinking about how good his football team is. And you can bet your ass that that guy wants that team on a field. And the only way that Ohio State now is going to get that team on the field is to have a season that starts in January. And Ohio State is trying to use its influence and its stature as the biggest, most important program in the conference to make sure that they get put in a position where the highest chances of Justin Fields wearing an Ohio State uniform again happens. I think it's also the most rational way to express um, and plan for a, a, a winter season. Uh, and I think that Ohio State is trying to do whatever it can to get the Big Ten ball rolling on actually coming up with a fall camp plan, a camp plan, and a schedule for like when this is actually going to happen. And like that, I think, is important. I don't know how effective it's going to be. I don't know if Kevin Warren and the Big Ten are going to be influenced to the point of actually like moving forward faster because Ryan Day said a few things on a Zoom call. But I do think that Ohio State should try to set the bar of like how this is handled. Because like if we get to September um and we still don't have a spring schedule or an idea, like it like becomes more and more unrealistic. So I think like the idea of hopes to play in spring um turns into plan for spring is a huge distinction. And like even on uh, his Zoom call the other day, he said, we need a plan. And I'm not talking about in a month or two. I'm talking about in a week or two. And like I do think that like if people start speaking up and Brom um, entered that conversation today by putting out that schedule, the Big Ten might be in a position to want to come up with a steadfast plan so that we have something to discuss, look forward to, and understand in terms of the rules and the realms of the rules. Um, 
And like, even when it comes to scholarship numbers and two for ones and all the like stuff that may or may not happen, like recruiting coordinators right now don't even know what to do. And like one recruiting coordinator told me it's like living in an uncivilized world with no rules. And that's like, it's kind of like that. It's like how, like, what are they going to do? Like, what if Ohio state, uh, takes four or five more commitments and gets into the mid twenties or whatever it is. And then they, they don't know. They don't know how many people are coming back and they don't know how many people they're bringing in. Like there's so many things that need to be put in place just for like the, just so chaos doesn't ensue. Do you think, um, so the, the D one council made some recommendations on Wednesday and they have to be voted on to be finalized about like eligibility relief and stuff like that. And I, I think they gave themselves until August 21st to, to finalize all that. Do you think that needs to be figured out before they can put a schedule out for the spring? Or can they put the schedule out for the spring without having those answers about eligibility? I think they need to put out a schedule or a tentative start date to the season. I don't think they need a schedule for like what games are being played when. Right, right, right. I think they need a tentative date for the season will begin January 15th. Camp will begin this day. This is how many days of practice. I think they need to come up with the rules and the regulations of how things are going to happen. Here's how many scholars. I mean, signing day is in three months. August to September, September, October, November to December. Is that four or three? I just did it with my little little hands. Four. Could, four months. I, I think that like they need to figure out what they're going to do with signing day and what this is going to mean for scholarship uniformity um, before they come up with the schedule plan. But I think that like in three weeks, they should be able to do all of it. I think kids so too. Are, kids aren't visiting or aren't allowed to visit um, or have in-person recruiting contact until the end of September now. So that gives them six weeks to come up with a recruiting plan and a plan for spring that hopefully by the end of September is in place so that in October, when I believe all teams aren't playing, we can all get on the same page and here's how this is all going to work and this is what the next 12 months look like. And like if you get to January and everybody's like thinking to themselves, well, the virus could be worse because it's winter and that's when it spreads and all the virus stuff. We're not talking about the virus, but if it gets to that point where it's like that, then you postpone again and you hope for 2021 and then the worst happens. But I guess... The only thing that we can do um, as a society and in college football right now is to kick the can down the road and hope that the next thing on the schedule can work. And I think that's the best thing that they can do for the team. And they also should use fall to continue to practice and do football activities and test and nutrition and lifting and all the things that they would have otherwise done, just no games. you know. And then maybe the football will be even better in the spring um, or winter season because all these teams have spent the fall actually having um, real conditioning and long-term application of how they're going to play the game. They don't have to hit. But what if they had just spring football with no pads for the next two and a half months? Put on some pads at the end of the year and we're ready to play for fall camp in, in January. I think that's doable. Yeah, I think the, I think they'll they'll do that. I, I I think at some point they'll be able to put on pads in practice this fall. Not immediately. And Ohio State's plan is uh, they shut things down on Wednesday because they were in camp. Uh, guys will come back. The weight room's open. It'll be like before when they first came back in June or whatever it was, like individual workouts, all that stuff. And in September, Ryan Day called it football school, individual training programs for guys. And then I think from there, you move on the practice. But what that does do, <clears throat> they're just not they're not practicing right now. So I think the coaches are free to like recruit one, but also channel a lot of their energy, like you were saying, into figuring out what the season's going to look like in January for the next two or three weeks. Yeah, and plan the hell out of it. And if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. But give us something to look forward to. Give us tangible things to see on the calendar and give us tangible things to write about. And I think that that's how we get through this. Ryan Day, if he's uh, listening to this, feel free to submit your color-coded schedule plan to one of us and we'll put it up on The Athletic for everyone to see. 
Or Thanks. just give it to Pete Thamel like you're going to do. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. No, he might give it to us. Yeah. He might give it to Bruce. He's not going to give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> maybe me. Maybe you. Now that yeah, now that you're national. Yeah, maybe I'll give it to you. I just said that to irritate you. Did it work? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Doesn't bother me. No, probably right. Bruce. Uh, <laughs> so we, are we wrapping up there? We're over an hour here. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I like if it were up to me, we would do podcasts like every other day as things continue. Maybe we'll be able to in this weird time. We've published a podcast three days in a row at the Fiesta Bowl. Like, I don't think that we're set into our actual schedule. But like, I hope that this was an hour escape for the people who listened and like know that like, hey, we're on your team here. Like, we we want to look forward to the stuff too. We want to be a part of it. We want to, you know, and I, I think that this was a good podcast to just discuss everything. And I appreciate what Ryan Day is doing. I appreciate him being available to us because mm-hmm. a lot of programs, the coaches in general haven't even spoken. So as an Ohio state fan, um, it is a big benefit to have a coach that understands the importance of addressing the media and, and, and turn addressing the fans. And, you know, I just hope the big 10 can take what was kind of a PR disaster earlier in the week and use that energy to channel for good in the future. And I hope um, spring works and I hope we get football as soon as possible. Um, and I and I I'm, I don't know. I think I might be even a little bit more hopeful that it could happen now than I was before the podcast started. You might have maybe talking this out kind of like made it more real. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we're doing it piece by piece. What are you? Yeah. So do you want to give your percentage now of what are the chances of this happening, or should we just shut the podcast off? <laughs> no, let's not do that right now. No, let's, <laughs> I'm let's just end on a happy kidding. note. Uh, what the? Well, we're gonna keep doing the podcast. Like I know there's there's not gonna be any football for a while, but we're gonna keep doing the podcast. And like I said last last episode, keep writing stories too. Stuff's gonna keep happening as we try to figure out what's gonna what the winter slash spring season is gonna look like. What's going on with Ohio State's roster recruiting? eligibility all that stuff so it's not like we're gonna have any shortage of things to write about so we hope you guys stick with us we appreciate you doing so up to this point thank you for supporting the podcast please subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts it always helps us out a couple five stars would be nice talent matters talent matters and in honor of uh, ari's national recruiting gig being official how about a couple five stars for the podcast I, I could use it. Right? We had a few ones because of me, and I want to. I want to get back into the good graces of the fans. <laughs> All right, Ari is going to cut anyone who writes a five star review a nice check. I'll wash your car, right? That's what you always say. He'll wash your car. He'll get you a fillet of fish. Just put on five stars and come listen to us when we talk to you guys next week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 